All right. It's time for you to see how easy it is to take these guys' money. Are you threatening me? Let's get to their picks on BZ Money. He's Blank. I'm Branham. We're live at Kobo's. This is your spot to be once you leave work. Come join us here at Kobo's. Great food, great drink, great time. Uh, 6630, can't wait to fade these BZ Money picks and get rich this weekend. You're wrong. We're winners. We're 37 and 27 yeah. on the year. We were 2 and 3 last week. Now, that's not winning. We lost $20 last week. Also, Joe screwed up the count. Joe George screwed up the count. I was looking at the way that he was tallying the money last week, and we went 2 and 3, and Joe had us making money. And I'm like, mm. okay. 2, 3, won, and 1. We won. No, we were 2, 3, and 1. We won two 25 games. We lost a 25 game, a 30 game, and a 40 game. And yep. I'm sitting there, I'm like, what is going on here? Turns out that Joe has been doubling our win total all year long. So I fixed it. All I fixed year it. long. I fixed it. I've been keeping track. All year long. I messed up. I'm not I'm not smart. Okay? <laughs> no, that's obvious. Al- <laughs> Alex is So there. wait a minute. So instead of being up over a grand? We were like at 1,600 when we started last week. Yeah. He was doubling our count. He was giving us the winnings and then the amount of money we were betting. Yeah. So whenever there's no money coming out of our bankroll because we're doing this, you know, on the radio, we're not like an actual like bookie that we take the money out. So Joe was doubling up on the wins and was going single on the losses. Yep. My bad. Joe is so lucky that Alex is here and Look, didn't hear that ridiculous. segment. I'll just tell you. he would be going nuts right well, now. Well, as an advocate for Alex, I will nominate Joe George for a car wreck of the day. For sure. I, I, I'm already so I'm the victor. Just, that wasn't just last week when I was out. This has been the all entire year. season. He's been doubling up our win yeah. totals oh. all year. But and he was, like, arguing with me about it yesterday on <laughs> no, text. No, no, I'm no, like, no, Joe, no. we bet a 25 no. game, a 25 game. We won those two. We lost a 25. We lost a 30. We lost a 40. How are we in the black, man? I wasn't arguing. I was asking why my math is yeah. wrong. And then I realized how stupid I am. There was a lot of questioning. A lot of questioning But we fixed on. it. I've been keeping track. I have a separate, separate document. So now yeah. the money total is correct. I guarantee this you. Is, this is an actual, like, now that he's gotten his math correct, I don't know how this slipped through the cracks for so long. We're still up. We're still up. We're up $760. We started with 1000 That's still really good. Uh, we're 10 games above 500 on the year. That's still really good. So we're having a good year. It's just that Joe's fuzzy math had us having twice as good a year. So Joe's doing analytics. Uh, yeah, he's David Cully in BZ Money. Yep. All right. So up $760. we are 37-27 on the year. We were 2-3-1 and one last week. We missed blankers you didn't do this last week did i did you? not yeah so we were missing blankers we need blankers like fish need water uh, why don't you start us off here blankers what we got i'm gonna go with philadelphia at seattle this is a game that i look at and i say look it's getting late in the year the eagles have been worked a little bit by teams that they're supposed to be on a par on par with and they are supposed to be better than in certain situations I think this is a get-right game for the Eagles. I, I've not been a big guy, uh, believer in anything that Seattle has done this season. I believe it's been more smoke and mirrors than it is true ability. Joe already knows. I think you know, Jeremy, I'm not a Geno Smith guy. Um, their defense has been basically what's been good for them. But I think this is a get-right game for Philly, and Seattle at home is getting three. I think this is a, a game to me that screams Eagles are going to make a statement, win by at least seven. I like the Eagles in this football game. Not easy to play in Seattle. 12th man, cra- traveling Don't across the country. I won't say weather unless it's okay. weather-related. Um, well, unless it's the Texans and the Jets. Well, it wasn't that rainy. I mean, come on. It wasn't that wet. Zach Wilson throws for 300 yards. You don't have an excuse. Uh, I'm on your side of this. Uh, there's some things I don't like about this game. I don't like targeting home dogs. I don't like you know picking teams that are traveling across the country, which Philly is here. So there's some things I don't love about it. Now, it is the Monday night game, so Philly's kind of got the extra day. I have them winning by seven, so I'm good with playing the Eagles side of this. I'm good with the Eagles as well, but because of the travel and all that stuff, these weird Jalen Hurts stories that are coming out about him yeah. not knowing how to hold the ball, and they're making him practice fumbling it. It's it's weird. I don't understand like what's going on. Falling on the ball too. Yeah, it, it's bizarre what's going on in Philly. So I, I'm with you guys on Philly, but I think it's a low bet. I'm thinking 25. I'm going 20. We, we all picked it. We yeah, go at least 30. 30. At least 30. Okay, go 30. Joe. Joe's like trying to compensate for his. He realized our I mean, bankroll wasn't math, as big. We could win like 160. We could. I mean, if we bet 30, we're going to win 60, according to Joe. It's true. Uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati over Minnesota. It's the first game I'm going to sell to you. Cincinnati at home. Minnesota's making a change at quarterback. Minnesota has not looked good offensively prior to the quarterback change. And Jake Browning's playing good football. 
Cincinnati's playing some good football. I feel like the number here is too small. I feel like Cincinnati easily covers the number of three points, and the Bengals continue to roll behind the greatness that is Jake Browning. I'm not opposed to it. They moved Dobbs all the way down to the third-string quarterback after he was heroic for a couple of games. They're in the middle of the playoff picture. They're right there on the cusp. They need this football game, and yet I don't know that that was the right decision for them. But I know that Cincinnati's been playing better, and Browning has looked really good. I'm leery because Minnesota should be desperate, but Cincinnati at home, I, I think, can find enough. Find a way to win the football game. I, I'm fine with, with giving the three. Okay, I'll be honest, Joe. I love this game. I, I believe in Jake Browning. Uh, he, to me, is showing up and looks like a real NFL quarterback, making himself a lot of money. I think teams might try to trade for him this offseason. I'm all over Cincinnati this weekend, minus three. 50 bucks. That's a big one. That's how much confidence I that's have in Jake Browning. I think that's too much. Joe, Four, 40, meet in the middle. Okay, that's fine. We'll go $40 for Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals. Who day? All right, what do you got here, Joe? All right, I know Indianapolis had a rough week last week, but Mitch Trubisky sucks, okay? The Pittsburgh Steelers are not good. They're falling apart. They're fighting in the locker room. They all hate each other, it seems like. I like the Colts minus one and a half to win this weekend by at least a field goal. I, I like this game, too. I like Indy at home. I like the fact that Gardner Minshew hasn't really crapped the bed. I like the fact that Indy is capable of running the football. And Pittsburgh, as you mentioned, has a guy that we both have seen screw up way too much at Mitch Trubisky. I think that all year long it's been smoke and mirrors for them to have a winning record at this point in the season. But I think the slipper's not going to fit right this week for the Steelers. I like the Colts. Everything you said about the Steelers you could say about the Colts. Like, they're without Jonathan Taylor. They got hammered last week at Cincinnati. Like, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh are pretty similar teams I believe in Moss as a backup more than I believe in Trubisky. Yeah, although Trubisky's made a Pro Bowl. Okay. (laughs) Good point. He backed his way in. He made a Pro Bowl in his second year. Mr. Trubisky did. He the only it. thing worse was the was backup facts. for the Ravens a, a year ago backing into a Pro Bowl in like a season. What was that guy's season. name? Tyler Huntley. That's Huntley. right. Go, Huntley. He went to yeah. Utah, right? Look. Yeah. And everybody thought it yeah. was Todd. I mean, it was Huntley from US, UCLA, and it wasn't. Yeah. I, actually, I'm, I'm just being a little bit of a Debbie Downer here. I actually like the Colts side of this. The Steelers seem to be – now, the Colts last week were awful. They lost by 20 to Jake Browning, who I just sold to you guys. Yeah, but you were just saying how well he's played. <laughs> I don't like either one of these teams a whole lot. I think Indy is a better coach. They're at home. I'm with you on the Mitch Trubisky thing. I, I, I like the cold side of this. Sounds like 25? No, no, no. This is at least 30. 30, 35. Blankers, you call it. Oh, we're 30. big money around. 30. We're trying to compensate for what you lost. Yeah, which we, we got to make up for feeling as good it. as we felt we, about a successful well, year. I mean, we, that we was a farce. We never had we lost. <laughs> Joe, we lost expected value. We thought we were up $1,600. We were only up $800. This guy says technically, guys, he's right. Well, actually, uh, he's right when you win. You get winnings plus what you bet. That's when you use like an actual sports book, and you're actually paying the bet. We're not paying the bet. We're doing that on the back end. But I see where you're coming from, 477. Well, that's where I was well, coming from. I told well, you that last night. I know, and you're, when you were arguing, and you were wrong. All right, Blankers, what's your second game? Second game is an interesting game, but I think it's it's a better version of what we got coming up in Nashville this weekend. Bears at the Browns. I know the Bears found it for a week. They're going to play a really good defense in Cleveland. I know Joe has told us that the Bears are a much improved defense. Then it's do you believe in the experience of Joe Flacco and how he went absolutely nuts last week, or do you believe in Justin Fields and the fact that he's going to continue his magic another week, running the football and throwing the football and doing the things that he does. The game's at Cleveland. Cleveland, I think, is going to play well at home. I don't see any reason why Flacco doing what he did a week ago can't do it again against the Bears. It's only a three-point spread. I like the Browns at home to beat the Bears by more than three. Yeah, see, this is a game I don't like. This was a non-play for me. Cleveland took advantage of Trevor Lawrence playing a game he probably shouldn't have played in. That's their only win in their last three. Like, Joe Flacco was a great story last week. I think that's the end of the great story of Joe Flacco. And as much as we've dogged the Bears, the Bears are playing good football. They've won three of their last four games. They hammered Detroit, who we think is one of the best four teams in the NFC last week. Like, you go on the road, you beat a offensive Minnesota team that's not playing well. You lost at Detroit by five the week prior, and then you beat a bad Carolina team. Uh, This was a no play for me. I really don't like either one of these teams, but Chicago's playing pretty well. Cleveland's not. I want to stay away from it. Yeah, we're passing because I I made the mistake last week of going with the Lions against the Bears. I'm not doing it again. Montez Sweat, since he's got there, has given the Bears a top five defense. Jalen Johnson's the number one cornerback in the NFL. According to Pro Football Focus, I'm out on this game. So, sorry, Joel, we have to pass. 
fine. Dallas. All I do is pick winners. Goes in. We'll see. And you can scoreboard us. Track record's been pretty good when you called me on that. Yeah, it's been pretty good. I'll I'll agree to that. Uh, Dallas at Buffalo this week. This is a sexy game. I'm very intrigued by this game. I'm on the Dallas side of this. The Cowboys are rolling. The Cowboys are playing really good football. You know I don't love Buffalo. I think Josh Allen's a walking turnover machine. He can beat anybody once. He can lose to anybody once. I think Dallas is just a superior football team. I think the Bills are moving around on this cachet that they should be good. I think the Cowboys go into Buffalo, beat the Bills. Wrong team is favored here. Cowboys win it outright. I mean, I mean, I mean, why? Why are you going to take the – I can't. I, Stephen I A. Told you I, I'm going to do the Stephen A. side of this. I don't like the Cowboys in this game because I think that – I don't even know what the weather is supposed to be, but I know the East Coast, East Coast is supposed to get hammered with bad weather right after it runs through Houston, and by Sunday it should be right in the middle of Buffalo. And, and I think that outside Dallas is a different football game. The football team, I, I believe in Josh Allen more than you do. I believe Buffalo's really desperate right now knowing that. Their playoffs ride on just about every game the rest of the way, and they're starting to play better football. I think that Buffalo at home, especially if the elements are involved, are going to be are going to be better than the Dallas Cowboys. And I, for that reason, I like the, I like Buffalo more than I like Dallas. I'm on the Dallas side of this. I think they're playing the best football in the NFL right now, besides the San Francisco 49ers. So I, I'm good with Dallas in this game. It's not going to be too bad. On Sunday, I mean, it's it, they're showing 83 percent chance of, of rain in Buffalo. But like 50 degrees, so it's not terrible. So I, I'm good with Dallas in this Low one. of 42. We'll see, guys. We'll Low of 42 see. and a waxing crescent moon. Dak plays well when it's a waxing crescent moon. We'll see. Yeah, so amateur, So we two against one here. So yep. it's two against one, I think we got to go minimum here. That's uh, fine. Joe. 25. Good with me. $25 on the Dallas Cowboys. Rotate it. I can't believe I'm finding myself to be a Cowboy follower here. All right, Joe. Wrap uh, it up for us. Well, I went big on San Francisco last week. They were 11-point favorites. They're 12-point favorites this week versus Arizona. They're going to crush them. I like San Francisco again, minus 12. I know, Jeremy, you fought me on it last week, but you went with me and we got the victory. I like San Francisco minus 12 against the Arizona Cardinals. Man, I think at some point, not that the winning's going to stop, but I think the bubble break has to burst a little bit in terms of just how dominant they've been. But the Cardinals aren't a great football team. Kyler Murray's made them a better football team. Kyler Murray doesn't have to stop that offense. I kind of like the Niners in this game. I don't like him by by that much, though. That The, the point spread really bothers me. Yeah. But if I had to go one way or the other, I would I could take the Niners' side of it if that's the way you guys want to go. But I don't like this game because I think that spread's too big, and I think at a certain point it's going to be 10 or less for a Niners' win. I usually stay away from numbers this big, especially if the team's at home. 12-point home dog. You know who had a big number last week? Tennessee. Tennessee went into Miami and won. I'm not a huge fan of this one. But scare money don't make money. And Joe won it last week. He's got recency on me. Let's go, Joe. I feel like Joe's in for a good week. He screwed up our bankroll, screwed up royally our bankroll, screwed up in the biggest way possible our bankroll, and Joe's going to make good by screwing up our bankroll with his picks this week. Let's go. 25. And, Joel, as I can see you adding the doc, we we know you use lime green. We know Cleveland was your pick. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, well, don't, you, you don't need to write Just because I name. highlight the game doesn't tell you which way I'm picking. I put Cleveland pass. That is a good point. I like this argument. It's a good rebuttal. It's a good counterpoint by Blankers. It's a better counterpoint by Joe. Do you want to get in the last word? I'm fine. Yo, you're, you're conceding. No, you're throwing I'm in not. the towel. I'm not. I'm looking at the clock going. We got to go to break anyway. It's 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 futile to just keep going with that. One. I don't believe that for a second, but it's a great answer. 713-780 ESPN HRP listener line 713-780-3776. I have a I need I need an honest answer with this Houston because I got a legitimate question and I need you to give me an honest answer. What do you like more, Houston? The new Texans or the old Oilers? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees broadcasting live from Kobos on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.
Hey, right now before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Pajama Gram. Again, look, time is running out. We're inside of 10 days on the holidays and Christmas. You've got to make a decision. Do you want to go to the mall? Do you want to try to find a parking spot? Do you want to fight crowds? Do you want to wait in line to pay too much for the gifts that you're going to get and you're not sure she's going to like them? Or do you want to go to pajamagram.com and get those naturally nude pajamas? They sell out every year, but they still got some now. Get it, get them in her size. She's going to love them like a second skin. So comfortable, so supple, so wet, better. Better, I mean, better than anything you can imagine, they will cover every curve. She wears them for you because you gave them to her, but it's the gift that keeps on giving because you both enjoy how they look on her and how much she enjoys them. And right now it's a two-for-one deal. Go to pajamagram.com and get the pajamas. They're going to throw in the, the naturally nude nightgown on top of it. It's a $75 value. Now you've got two gifts for the price of one. Now you've got a, a holiday season that's going to bring joy all the way around the entire 365 days because she's going to love them. She's going to love you for buying them, and then she's going to wear them for you, and you are going to love them even more. I'm telling you right now, they're also going to wrap the gifts for you. They're going to get them there before the holidays. You are going to be a hero, and you don't have to go to the mall even once. Check them out today. Go to pajamagram.com. Back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, currently located at Cobos Barbecue in East Downtown. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Blank is uh, shaking hands and kissing babies. He's addressing all the patrons inside of Cobos. As we're broadcasting, we'll still be here for another a little over an hour and a half, so plenty of time to get over here, enjoy a drink, enjoy some supper, some nice dinner. We're going to find him for every second he's gone, Brian. Uh, I got a question for all of you, Houston. Kangaroo Corp, put it in the kitty. Houston, what do you like more, the new Texans or the old Oilers? I, I think that all three of us have a different perspective on this. Like, Joe, when did you move to Houston? What, four, five, six years ago? Ten years ago. Ten years ago, so that puts us in 2013. So 2013 would be 17 years Joe's doing his math again. I did my math wrong again. It's nine years. The math ain't mathin' on that one, Joe. So so what, nine years? What's the year? What's the year? It was like like 2014, 2015, January. So let's call it 2014. Let's be conservative. That's 18 years after Bud Adams left the city of Houston and moved to Nashville. Blankers, you got here early 90s. 94. So you you had a few years with the Houston Oilers before they moved. A few. I I was born in in 1985. I know that surprises some because I have this face that looks very, very young. Uh, People have told me that. Those aren't my words. Those are other people's words. So... You were here for a few years. There, there were some good oiler teams while you were here, too. You Warren know, my, my, my good friend was on the uh, training staff of the, the Oilers back then as an intern, Jeff Kaplan, who's now uh, still with the Texans. I didn't realize he worked for yeah, the Oilers. Yeah, Cap was an intern and was working for the Oilers. So we, would, we went to all the Oilers games at the Dome. I didn't realize he worked for the Oilers. Did, yep. Who did he work with? Did he move to, with them to Tennessee? He, yeah, or? so he moved with them to Tennessee, and then they, they hired huh. him here when the Texans were created. So what is your memory of the Oilers, Joe? Well, there's a... There's Joe, Joe, because he came Joe. here way after. Like, okay, yeah, Joe. When were you born? You're you're I, younger I was, than us. I was born in '92. I don't have any memories of the Oilers. So you were four when they left. So yeah. your memory of the Oilers is whenever Tom Hanks in Survivor boards the plane and says the Oilers moved to Tennessee. That's what you remember the Oilers about. I grew up on the Oilers. Like I remember going to Oshman's and getting Warren Moon's autograph whenever I was like. Seven years old. I remember Oshman's. <laughs> exactly. Like, tell me you're from Houston without telling me you're from Houston. Oshman's existed. Uh, I would play with the Oilers on Tecmo Bowl, like Haywood Jeffries and Ernest Givens. So, like, I was raised, and I came from a huge sports family that loved sports, so we were all diehards. I would go to the Dome and watch the Oilers play. So I grew up on the Oilers as a young kid, and I think when you're a young kid, it's more impressionable oh, than yeah. when you're an adult man. So the love that I had for the Oilers is greater than the love I have for the Texans. Now, the Texans love's growing, and I think once they get into like significant playoff football and Stroud, hopefully, I think he will, continues that progression. Like The more, the more that that happens, I think the more you, start, you stop remembering the nostalgia, or it doesn't matter as much, and you build this new nostalgia. Like, I think Branham Baby's going to like football. He's going to like the Texans. So it's like, okay, now we're going to have something to watch. So I think that it is going to surpass it at some point. It's not there now. And I'm curious what the Hive thinks. What do you like more than New Texans or the old Oilers? 713-780-3776. What about your perspective of this, Blankers? Well, I mean, I always th- saw them as a very successful winning team. I, I always liked them. I, you know, from 
back from Billy White Shoes Johnson to all the explosiveness of their offense with Moon and all the receivers that they had. And I always knew that. And I remember, I remember, you know, the the seeing Earl Campbell get his jersey ripped off, and it, back in those days too. So I, I was always a fan of the Oilers organization. But I also remember that you know they always whether they got screwed, they got screwed multiple times, but they never won the big game. And so there was an attachment, but it wasn't something that, like you said, that I grew up, that I could feel it and be a part of it because I moved here at a time when it was kind of the end of the era and then the end of the organization and the team. So that's why when I look at it, I say, look, I think winning, I think success, I love the colors, I like the explosive offense, how fun they were to watch. Um, But to me, that's where it kind of ends for me because I didn't have as much of an emotional connection because – they were on the downside getting ready to leave when I got to Houston. Yeah. So it sounds like you're more on the, the new Texans versus the old Oilers. Oh, for sure. I think Joe. The, it, the ugliness of it was, remember, they didn't play a preseason game because of the turf. And yeah, it was the war, it. war with Mayor Mayor Bob and, and uh, Sports Authority, Sports Bud Authority Adams. and Bud Adams. So, yeah, it was all kind of – it was like the black cloud situation we were talking about with, with the Texans going through what they went through for a couple of years. Yeah. But it was the, the, the end of everything because because of it, they left town. And, like, this isn't – I don't want the Texans to wear Oiler uniforms. Like, that to me doesn't matter. Now, when the Texans got the new team, I wish they would have been able to get the history. Like the Cleveland Browns were able to get the history yep. from the Baltimore Ravens. They could wear the uniform. They, they own the history. They own the IP. That's the only way I would have wanted this new <laughs> Houston organization to have it. I don't want them in 2024 to be trying to be copycat Oiler uniforms. That, to me, doesn't matter. It's more about the history, saying Earl is yours, saying that Warren was yours. So once that ship has sailed, I don't really care about the uniforms and stuff anymore. No, I can see that. I know there's a lot of people that do. But I think that, you, you know, you, you kind of you start anew when you start the franchise and you say, hey, look, that was fun. And, and, and it is what it is now based on legalities and other things, because I'm with you. It would have been nice when you look at the Colts. You don't think, you know, the Baltimore Colts. A lot of people don't even remember that they started in Baltimore, but the history is there so that they can carry it over. When you look at the, the, the Oilers versus the Texans, you remember the players more so than you remember you know, everything about the team, but the players and their stats and everything that goes with it and what the Oilers meant to Houston means it should stay in Houston. You shouldn't see Bruce Matthews' jersey hanging up in Tennessee. Yeah. So I get it, but at a certain point when you can, like, go from almost like to your point, and I hate saying this, but the LeBron winning the in-season tournament. NIT. It, it's the first. <laughs> they are the first. So you're with this team from the first day, from the day that they de- said you got a franchise to the day they debuted the 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 logo and then carried on from there there's a there's a ton of meaning in that and so for a new generation it means a ton that you have a chance to see how high this team can go how long they're going to be competitive and now with this new roster starting to form it's a it's a really exciting time to be a texans fan i I love the oiler uniforms but if they don't have the history i don't really care that the texans don't wear them Uh, lamont i'm so houston i remember driving to katy was considered going out of town my parents would make sandwiches for the drive that was a far drive back in the day Uh, my 19th hole i don't know what I don't want to know what that is. He said, old Oilers 100%. I grew up in the late 80s back when I was doing sports radio in Beaumont and had press credentials to the Dome. Um, Someone said, uh, let's see this one, 1779. If anyone says the Texans, they're morons. Okay. Michael, love the Oilers, but but now I'm a diehard Texans fan. Love my Texans team more. Bleed red and blue. Uh, Let's get the win, Davis Mills. Uh, 3300, the old Oilers. Love you, Blue. I've never got over the move. Bad word, uh, Bud Adams. 1483, I do not like the Oilers because of their owner, Bud Adams. But not Bud. Uh, 4776, given a few years, the uh, old Oilers were proven, but this Texan team has a chance to make a great 10-year or more run. I so think, it's pretty torn. Yeah, I think that the Adams family is an easy and very understandable way to have a negative connotation when you hear Oilers because they were the reason why they left. But the players, you got to remember, don't pick the owner. In most cases, they don't get to pick their team. They get drafted. And, and it wasn't their choice to leave. So it, it's hard to have a lot of salt because of the fact they were successful, they were fun to watch, and they had a lot of Hall of Famers that played in, in Oilers uniforms. But I really do. I think there's something to say that you were there from the, the from day one and and. The Oilers left town, never won a Super Bowl, and we don't know 
what is there out in the future for this team. Right. But the, it looks right now like they're going to have plenty of opportunities to fight for one. Yeah, this isn't a right-wrong answer. Like, it's kind of like how you grew up and, like, when you were born. Because I, I do think at some point the Texans will pass the Oilers in terms of, like, my fandom. What will it take? It'll probably take a few deep playoff runs. Like, I mean, sure. not, not, not even a Super Bowl. But it'll probably take a few deep playoff runs. It might even take Branham, baby, wanting to sit down and watch a game with me. Like, it might take that, where you, now you have, like, those type of feelings. Sure. like, what is the reason that as a young kid you like to watch these teams play? Because you're watching it with, like, people that you love, you know? Like, you're raised on it. And then once you get a little bit older, not that you get jaded, but it's just not as significant in your life. Once you're a grown man with wife and kids, it's the wife, it's the kids, it's the family. Sure it is. Whenever you're seven years old, it's can I beat the 49ers in Tecmo Bowl with Warren Moon and Ernest Givens? So, like, it's going to take those emotional feelings, I think, for those that are team old Oilers versus, you know, team, like, people that are currently new Houston Texans. And I think, I think that if, an you're a, if you're a lifelong Houstonian, I, I don't think you have to pick, but I think that you're in an unbelievably good situation because if you were lucky enough to experience the best of the Oilers and now you know that you came from the depths of hell to have a franchise that's capable. Because let's be honest, when you say deep runs, the last time you saw the potential for a deep run, it was a massive lead that turned into a massive disappointment that's never going to be forgotten when you lost to the Chiefs. Yeah, at home. And you looked like you were supposed to get to that that next level you never got to. Oh, you're talking about the Texans. I'm talking about the Texans. I thought you meant the Oilers when they played Montana at the Dome. So you feel like with the Oilers, some of the losses, they were screwed, right? They were screwed over. That was a self-destruction by Bill and Brian and company. But you know there's plenty more to come, and you haven't gotten to an AFC Championship game yet or a Super Bowl. Oilers never got to the Super Bowl, so there, there's a higher ceiling, and you're riding through from day one. Seven four one nine. I'd say Texans, though, growing up, I had a friend whose son was on the team and told some salacious stories. I'm friends with Ted Pardee, who's Jack Pardee's son, who was the coach of those teams. Some of the best stories. Some of the best stories come from those uh, Jack Party Houston Oilers teams. Uh, Donna says the 19th hole was a biker bar in Beaumont. How do you know that, Donna? Just curious. Uh, 713-780-3776. Who said it? Everybody's favorite game. Joe reads us quotes that were said by ESPN 97.5 personalities. And then Blankers and I guess who said it. It's next. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5, live from Kobo's and Edo. It's now time for the mega producer, Joe George, to do what he does best, and that's stumping. No one can stump the best stumpler in Stumpville, and that's Stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe. What happened to Stumpy Joe? The official explanation was he choked on vomit. Today, Stumpy Joe will try to stump the killer bees with Who Said It? Let the stumping begin. Let's get stumped. He's Blank, I'm Branham. We're at Kobo's and Edo. Still plenty of time to get on here. Uh, Joe, would you say that you're better at math or stumping? Uh, that's a good question. I'm I'm gonna go stumping. <laughs> I think it's stumping. I think it's clearly stumping. All right, I did not do last week. I did it by myself. I I, uh, I came one short. Two weeks ago, you did it by yourself. You you won by one, right? You won three to two. Don't don't minimize a victory. A win is a win. It's, both things are true. Right. You won three to two, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not minimizing it. You won. A win's a win. I'm not minimizing anything. Uh, I was going to say I need you like a uh, fish needs water. You said All right. that already. I'm I know. here for you. So there you go. I'm giving you credit. I'm handing out assist. All right, Joe, get us started. What is quote number one that Blankers and I have to guess? Pat, you might want to look at the film to see if he's offsides. Before you go after the refs, it was your guy, your numb nuts. That guy's a numb nuts. <laughs> right off the top, I'm thinking Granada. Really? Yeah, numb nuts. I, I think they talked about it, but I also think that numb nuts is more of a term for the older generations. I could see Paul saying it. I you could, could see Creighton saying it. Because, uh, you could, well, Creighton fits the mold of, the, of John and Lance. Yeah. I think Paul could say anything. Yeah, true. But I think that he would probably try and hip and cool it a little bit more. Maybe so. Can you say it again, Joe? Pat, you might want to look at the film to see if he's offsides before you go after the refs. It was your guy, your numbnuts. That guy's a numbnuts. <laughs> I think it's a sh- Joe. Oh, I can't ask Joe. That's a Chicago-type term, too. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't know. I think they talked about it. I think I remember hearing him in the morning talking Are you sure about it's it. John, though? Like, would he bring I, up I'm the not, film? Am I sure? No. But that was the first thing. That's the first name that came to mind when I heard it. You don't think Lance would say this? I said it could be on the bench, but I think it's John more than Lance. He said the film. Put on the film. 
Okay, it's, that's a diff, that's an older way of saying replay. Yeah, but I think Lance would say film because he watches a bunch of film. Okay, I'm on record as saying I think it's John. All right, let's go with John. You have scoreboard on me recently. Let's go with John Granado, Joe. Pat, you might want to look at the film Attaboy. to see if he's offside yes! before well, you go Yes! had me doubting myself a little bit It there. was your guy. I had B-Mac shaking on. his You're... head the whole time. One nothing. All right, good start. Good start for the Bees carrying this team. I don't know if Num Nuts is a Chicago thing, but it might be. I didn't be. think so. Yeah. I think it is. I don't, I don't know. Joe's from Chicago. I, I've never said it before. <laughs> but then again, John came to Houston from Chicago like 30 years before me, so you maybe. Want, you want Joe to do math for you, too? Yeah, right. different. Yeah. Different than Chicago lingo and math. I mean, those are like polar opposites. Fact. All right, quote two. All right, number two. Let's shift topics. This STD is too much to shake. Just burning through me. What? What? Say it again, please, slower. Let's shift topics. This STD is too much to shake. Just burning through me. Huh. Okay, so first of all, I'm at a loss. Paul's out because he looks sounds like he's talking to somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah. he could be talking to Mapes. What is the STD? Do I have to explain it? No, but I mean, <laughs> what is the topic that brought it up? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I don't know what would bring this up. This would be something like maybe it's like a fever blister. Maybe somebody. Do you know if anybody had a fever blister this week? No, I no, I really don't. Uh, I could see Connor saying it. Yeah, I think it's from that show. Okay. I I didn't look close enough at either one of them when we came in today no. to see if they had any war wounds around the mouth area or otherwise, so I don't know. Can you say it again, Joe? Let's shift topics. This STD is too much to shake, just burning through me. That's so weird. This, I think this is uh, this is pro- they're probably talking about somebody else who had it because they're shifting the conversation away from it. I don't think this is them talking about them specifically. I think this is them talking about a specific topic. Well, they come in after one. Paul, so there's another realistic possibility. Yeah, I don't think so. Is this maybe news of the weird? Yeah, but would, it's Lance. But would they shy away from it? No, but it might have just exhausted the conversation, and then they're going to shift to the next news okay. of the weird. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, I really this one to me has got me baffled. I, I, I'm, I, I don't know which way to go with it because I, my gut feeling said Connor. I mean, you've been hot. Let's go. Let's go. You good with that? Uh, it's let's a, go. Just a gut feeling, but whatever. All right, let's go, Connor, Joe. But let's shift topics. I, I oh, just, Paul. This okay. STD is too much to shake. It's just burning. Through now, me. if you ask me, who is the most likely of our hosts to have one? <laughs> Uh, STD uh, stands for Seasonal Texans Depression, according to Paul. Oh. <laughs> Leave it to Paul. Leave it to Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, Paul. That's, a, that's a Paul Jim right there. Yeah. All right, number three. All right, number three. Because of all these things, for the first time this year, I'm pessimistic of the Texans' playoff chances. That sounds for the like first beard. time this year? That sounds like yes. beard. I don't know, man. You think he was optimistic about the Texans' playoff chances whenever he started doing his show? When did they start? They started right around football season. I randomly think that he has been – Connor's been kind of crapping on the Texans a little bit, and I randomly think – I heard him say about how loyal he's been to the Texans all year. All year? I believe so. So from the start of the season, he was – that's the – I still have a hard time. But you know he's going to overplay it no matter what. See, there, who's been the one radio host at our station that's been all in on the Houston Texans playoff chances since before they Patrick picked off? Grayton. There you go. Like to me, it's PC. PC's been the only host. We weren't. I mean, not that they would use us. No one else in our lineup was saying that the Houston Texans had a playoff shot before PC and before the season started. So all season, to me, I think it's PC. Let me just tell you something. As much as I believe that I heard Beard correctly, or at least I, I heard him say something like that. I don't think he would say all season. You are right. I don't think the, he would say all season. Look, you're right in the fact that PC is not only – he's a master trumpet player. So not only did he say it, but he will blow his own horn as much as he possibly can to make people remember that. And since you asked me the question, I answered it that quickly. I, I would, I'm fine going exactly that same way. I think it's PC. All right, let's go Patrick Creighton, Joe. 
because of all of these things, yeah. for the first time this year, I'm pessimistic about the Texans' playoff chances. There you go. Two to one. All right. Let's go to quote number four here. I thought that might be too easy. All right, number yeah, four. the only one. Yeah. I thought I actually I thought the beard angle of this might. I thought has I was going to get on it too? Has, Joe, am I right that he has been on that soapbox? No, not not as much. But well, maybe I, I not for the whole year. But he, lately, he's been really hyper positive and, and talking about how I positive. Mean, yeah, I've been I've been on the Texans playoff train for what six weeks ish. This is the first time I feel like they're not making the playoffs since I had that opinion. It's true. Quote four. All right, number four. I do something where I show I have balls. Sorry that I'm not willing to take a chance on my sports opinions. Say that I didn't hear you. Sorry. I do something where I show I have balls. Sorry that I'm willing to take a chance on my sports opinions. Okay, so strong takes. Could be Paul. Paul will have some strong takes. But he'll also throw his balls out there. Um, oh, Lance could do this with his film. Who was, who was getting, yeah, I was going to say, who would be taking the most grief to have to defend themselves? Lance. Lance and his film work. I don't. I think Lance is a legend. I don't. I don't no. think anybody's going to come at him that hard. Now you're right no, in terms of his his analysis on draft picks. He was telling me the other day how certain players in the league still get on to him about his evaluation of them pre-draft. Okay. It could be Connor. It could be. I don't know if it's Beard. I would I say think it's the new Connor guys always Lance. take unnecessary strays, so I, they might have been taking some heat. Then you guys are taking heat. Yeah. So you could. I mean, I understand your angle on Lance, but I think that you know we've seen it on on the on from the listeners that they they take some extra grief. Say it one more time. Yeah, Joe. please. I do something where I show I have balls. Sorry that I'm willing to take a chance on my sports opinions. Huh. I can see Connor saying it. Yeah. I can see him saying. I can see Paul saying it. You just want to go, Connor? It's how you feel. I mean, we, we did it as a team so far. So, I mean, who do you feel stronger about, Lance or Connor? Kind of Connor. Okay, let's go Connor. Connor. I do yes. something where I show that I have balls. Yes. Sorry. Duh. Uh, that I'm willing to take a chance on my sports opinions. What was he talking about, Joe? Uh, his guarantees that he makes on the show. Oh. That's from today. Okay. We'll play the last one for giggles since we've already won. Yep, I like the last one. I left it last for a reason. You lost to the Jets. You lost to Jake Asman's Jets. It's not just Zach Wilson cackling there. It's Jake Asman with his little smirk. <laughs> Sounds like Paul all day, but it could be it could be the bench. I think it's the bench. You do? Yeah. I don't think Paul would give Jake the rub. The new I, show I don't think would do it. I want to say that Paul maybe mentioned, PC. PC would say it. Mention yeah, PC would say it too. I want to say that Paul was talking, talk, mentioned Jake with the Jets, but maybe it was prior to the game being played. Huh? It doesn't matter because we won. Yeah. But if I if I'm going to give you my quick, just knee jerk gut reaction, first first one that came to my mind was Paul. See, I'm in, I'm on Lance here. But wouldn't it in the morning show? Wouldn't it be more of John that wants to go at him than it would be? Yeah, but it's more the cadence to me. It's like the sitting structure. Get, this, get, this feels like a this feels like a Lance sitting structure to me. Okay, say it one more time, Joe. You lost to the Jets. You lost to Jake Asman's Jets. It's not just Zach Wilson cackling there. It's Jake Asman with his little smirk. Yeah, it could be Paul or, or Lance. I, I, I'm good with either one. BMac, what do you think? No. No. Okay. Oh, I, I can't give an opinion. No, that's not how this game works. <laughs> we already won, Joe. It doesn't matter. He's just breaking a tie. Let's go, Lance. Fine. Okay, let's, let's go, Lance. Fine. He says Lance. I'll go with it. Brian, what would you have said? No, 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 no. He's that yeah, I, I, I don't get an opinion Jets. apparently. You lost yeah. to Jake Asman's oh, it Jets. It was Paul. Okay. It's not just Zach Wilson cackling. This there. is why you take priority. Jake. All right, we won though. We won though. We that won. Was fun. And I was right on that one. That was Blankers allowing me a shot at the end of the game when we're up by ten. <laughs> Killer bees win. Who said it? All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. We're broadcasting live from Kobo's. Get on out here. A great spot to spend your Friday evening. Great spot to leave work on a Friday and come on out here. A Charger debacle yesterday. It's nice to not have the uncertainty that the Chargers have for a change. 
But does it come at a cost for the Houston Texans? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, another big weekend of NFL football. you got NBA basketball, college basketball with a nice doubleheader at the Toyota Center tomorrow if you feel a certain way. Bottom line is, if you love sports and you love making them more interesting by putting some money down, there's no better place to go than mybookie.ag. In fact, it's the only place that I'd tell you to go because they take care of the customer. They have been in business for over a decade. They ain't going anywhere, and neither is your money unless you make bad picks. But the fact of the matter is when you want to cash out, they'll cash you out, and they are back and with you to take care of you in a variety of ways. Look, if if you love sports but you love casinos and gambling as well, they have live dealers standing by so you can play blackjack and you can play casino games like poker. If you want to get in all the action, they're always going to be there for you, and they have just about any game going and a chance to not only bet it prior, but bet it in-game as well. And the fact of the matter is they've got lots of deals going on, like the match that they're doing right now. You put in anywhere from fifty dollars to $1,000, they'll match it and put that same amount in your account. Put in 100 all of a sudden there's 200 in your account instantly. More money in your account, more games you can bet on, and, of course, more chances to win. That's why I encourage you to use our promo code at all times. Whenever you see an opportunity, use the promo code BET97. That's how you get that bonus, and then you are on your way. More money, more games, more chances to play and feel connected to the game, and when you win, oh, baby, does it feel sweet. Check them out today and use the promo code BET975, but as I always tell you, bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with the only place I tell you to do it, it's mybookie.ag. The Bees are on the road, and today they're live from Kobo's Barbecue in East Downtown. Come see them in their natural state of eating and talking sports. From the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. He's Blank, I'm Branham. We are the Killer Bees broadcasting live from Kobo's in Edo. Get on out here, have some fun, enjoy some good food, enjoy some good drink. Uh, This random guy on Twitter, uh, TJ is his name. Numb Nuts is no shy town. It actually dates back to the 1700s from Numb Ahead in England. Also means idiot, and then became Numb Nuts in the U.S. Numb Nuts then also has to be associated with anybody that would take the time to do that deep of a dive into the research to go that far back for a term that could be used slang in a big city across the country. Weren't you around in the 1700s no, to nice watch try. the evolution? Of no, this term? You're getting the 1800s and the 1700s confused. <laughs> yeah, Joe, and with your math, I would believe you're probably right. Yep. I don't know how math is involved in this one. Trying to calculate age and reduction in how old I am and everything else. 713-780-ESPN. Did Blankers achieve that? Did he make the joke funny? 713-780-3776. Because I want to see what people think. Grab the doctors in the house. Who's that? Dr. Oh, Dr. Dre. Dre. Yeah, he's not a very good. He's not a very good decision maker on what's funny and not though. No, I'm not asking him to judge that. I'm saying this is his second stint here. He came for John and Lance's oh, show, he? and he came back for our show. A was saying that he did the same thing. Alex did. Huh? Alex said he did the same thing. Yeah, Alex. Yeah. Alex said he was disappointed. He couldn't see Joe here today. Uh, Chargers yesterday was a debacle, an absolute debacle. What happened? In fact, it cost Staley his job. It's really nice for a change, Blinkers, to not have this uncertainty around the Houston Texans. Last couple of years, are they going to fire David Cully? Uh, last year, are they going to fire Lovey Smith? Are they going to fire Nick Casario? Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice to not have to worry about a coaching carousel or if your top decision maker in your front office isn't going to be fired. Kind of nice? It's, it's a dream if you're talking about finding positives with your franchise because you're not talking about firing anybody. You're all sunshine and rainbows on your coach, on your quarterback, on your draft picks. Everybody looks fantastic, and you finally escaped that black cloud that was following you around no matter which way you turned and which street you decided to, to, to go on to. You, every time you turned around, it was Jack Easterby. It was Deshaun Watson's off the field. It was night, Cal McNair. It was nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. And now to be able to talk about positives and possibly playoffs and, and just the way this team has played all year, it's been a dream compared to the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to have your – it's nice to be stable. It's nice to be stable with your head coach and nice to be stable with your general manager. Now, this might mean, though, that you might not be stable with your offense coordinator. It might You might not be stable yeah. with your 
with Bobby Slowick because, you know, we've been talking about this. Bobby Slowick has been a name that's come up as some coordinators that are going to be getting looks around the NFL for head coaching openings. The more head coaching openings that pop up, the more likely Bobby Slowick uh, is to leave the, the Houston Texans. So you, here's another, another opening. Chargers would be probably looking for an offensive mind. I imagine they'll be aggressive trying to go after Ben Johnson. You know, we've heard the Bill Belichick rumors with the Chargers as well. I think Ben Johnson makes more sense there because you have a really good quarterback, pair him with an offensive mind. But this is going to be kind of the stuff that we're sweating now as Texans fans, as opposed to the last couple of years where are they firing their coach? Who knows? We hope so. Now it's going to be, are you losing your coordinators? I'd rather have that problem, but it is something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing if I want to turn it into a positive here. The the reason why it's a good thing is in years past, everybody thought that the Houston Texans was – the plague that everybody thought that uh, my last resort is I'll consider going to, to Houston to play or coach or do anything unless it was a guy on his last leg looking for one last coaching job or it was a player that's looking to just cash in for a couple more years to stay relevant so that they can you know do what they need to do but they're not expecting much and, and really good players didn't want to come to a really bad situation now you look at it and say from a coaching perspective if you've got the team that you've got versus years past I want to be a part of the Houston Texans organization. I love the pieces that they have. If Bobby Slowick leaves, that means it was a good opportunity, and because he did a good job there with the weapons that he had, he's moving on to a, a promotion. I could do the same thing and turn this into a lot of success for the team and myself, and I love the opportunity to do it with the, the roster that they have and the coaching staff. It would be, it, it would kind of burn, though, if he leaves you after this season and you don't make the playoffs because it's like great that we had the run, Great that you were, you know, good here. Uh, I'll hesitate to say great, but then he leaves before you ever really have postseason success. Like that would kind of be a burn a little bit. But don't you also think that there's going to be the fan base that says it's easier to see him go because they didn't, because they didn't get to where they probably could have with some of the games that they lost, and say, hey, you know what, we helped him. He got to a better job, but it might help us too because we could find another offensive mind to come in and maybe go further than he did or do more than he did or maybe has more experience. I would say no. I would say no. We uh, we Because Joe, Joe was on this kick that Bobby Slowick's one of the – actually he said he's the most hated Houston Texan in the organization. So we just did a poll, like, what's your approval rating of Bobby Slowick? And a majority, a high majority of the people said that they, they, they like Bobby Slowick. They like Bobby Slowick here. So I don't think people but want Bobby scorned, Slowick to leave. You know, in any relationship, if, if, if someone chooses to leave you, there's going to be that, – that can be fine for now. Do you want Bobby Slowick to leave? I really I, – no, I, I would prefer he stays and keep this coaching staff as much in t- intact as you can because I think that they did make mistakes, but they'll learn from them, and they're good enough that they're going to get better, as good as the team has been this year. And with the roster getting better, it's great. But I, I'd prefer to keep continuity with a quarterback. We've yeah. talked about that in the past. But if he leaves, I feel better knowing that this is going to be an ideal job that a lot of offensive minds are going to want to take because you have a defensive-minded head coach. You're going to be the, the commander-in-chief of the offense, and that and that's what you want when you're taking an OC job. Yeah, uh, I don't want him to leave. I, I don't want Slowick to leave, and I think it would be difficult to replace him too. Zero four two six B enemy from Washington is available if he leaves. It's not a knock on B enemy, but I wouldn't want B enemy here. I think that part of the beauty of this offense has been that it's this San Francisco style of offense, and I want somebody from that scheme. So I don't want I don't want C.J. Stroud to have to learn new language in year two. I don't want him to have to learn a new system in year two. I don't want him to have to learn a new offensive scheme in year two. That's why I don't want Slowick to leave. Now, if he does, I'm trying to find the best person that I can that comes from that system. And a lot of people point to Gerard Johnson. I love Gerard Johnson. A lot of people that listen to us know that uh, I went know Gerard very well. We went to the same high school. His father was my driver's ed teacher. Has he been with Slowick long enough in the San Francisco scheme to be the heir apparent? I think it's a fair question to ask. It so is. that's my biggest fear, well, I suppose, if Bobby Slowick were to leave you for a head coaching job, is that it's going to be difficult to find that next San Francisco-style offensive coordinator. And I think just from the standpoint of C.J., my biggest concern would be what you said, which is what I've always made the comparison of Sam Darnold and other guys. When you are constantly watching a revolving door of head coaches, offensive coordinators, but more importantly, playbook, it's really tough to feel comfortable. 
and Brady has said it takes at least eight months to really feel comfortable with a new system. And if you're changing multiple times or you have multiple systems to, to, to learn in the first two years in the league, it's definitely not as easy as being able to you roll with the system and the coaching staff that you have and capitalize without having to kind of take a step back to maybe possibly take two steps forward. Yeah, that's, that's the fear that I have. It's why I don't want Slowick to leave. And the more these jobs become open, and more likely that he is to leave after year one. Seven one three. Go ahead. I think the number one candidate, if he does leave, though, is, is crystal clear. I've heard a lot of people talk glowingly about what Brian Greasy has done in San Francisco as the quarterback coach. I think that's your OC. If Bobby Slowick leaves, like that's who you target. He is just a quarterback coach. Give him the upgrade, all the experience he has as a coach and a player. I think that's a home run hire. If home Bobby Slowick, yeah, like you want someone from San Francisco. Bobby Greasy, like, he's from San Francisco. Like, he's got everything you need. And, look, look what Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo and these guys have done with Greasy as their quarterback coach. They've had really good offensive play callers. Like, what's the reason yeah, for success in San now? Francisco? I know, I know Shannon calls plays, I don't think they named one. Did they ha- do they have, like, I don't an think, OC that no, doesn't call I, plays? I'm pretty sure he didn't promote an OC. Yeah, I, I think that they just I, I don't know the answer. Do that. That's what I was asking. I mean, like the greasy thing, the reason that I'm not huge on the greasy, and I guess D'Amico's been around him, so he would know because they shared a coaching staff last year. What's the biggest reason for San Francisco's success offensively? Like, and where is Brian Greasy on that list? Because Kyle Shanahan would be up there. Shanahan. Brock Purdy then, would be up there. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey would be up there. Debo. Brandon Ayuk would be up there. Debo Samuel would be up there. Trent Kittle. Williams would be up there. George Kittle would be up there. Like, Brian Greasy might not crack the top ten of why that offense has success. That's fair, but I don't think that's you're going to find much different scenarios anywhere you look. Like if you look at the the Miami Dolphins staff, it's all Mike McDaniel's. If you look at San Francisco, like you just said, it's all Kyle Shanahan. Most of these offensive guys that come from San Fran and that system, they're not calling plays. Bobby Slowick never called plays, so I I think think it is is harder. I think in Joe's defense. What you can say is you got an ex NFL quarterback, so you got a guy that's got an offensive mind. That's that's you know whether he's called plays or been involved in play calling that way. And then whether it's the weapons that you have or not, the quarterback coach has to learn the entire playbook and be able to teach it and, and go week to week and play play for play with his quarterback so he would know the Shanahan offense, whether he called the plays or not, and then seeing it firsthand as Shanahan yeah. calls the plays. I think there's enough experience there to say that he could carry the system over. Most coordinators played offense – in their side of football, and I think every offensive coach knows the playbook. Like Wasn't Bobby I Slowick, a defensive assistant, to he was an offensive player, and then they moved him over to defense because they had an open defensive analyst job, and then the they always wanted to move him back to offense. So, like most offensive coordinators have played offense. I think the only one that didn't that I know of, I'm sure there's plenty. I know sure there's, there's plenty. one that comes to mind: Tim Kelly, Matt Patricia. I mean, he really wanted an OC. Like that was round peg, square hole. He was a defensive guy that they made an OC, and it was stupid. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. Speaking of Bobby Slowick, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier with DJP Anime. What should the play calling look like for Slowick, assuming that it is Davis Mills, C.J. Stroud, doubtful, DJ said he's out. So if it's Davis Mills at the helm, what should that Slowick play calling look like? It's Killer Bees broadcasting live from Kobos and Edo on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.